Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. In the NOCO is supported by Blue Federal Credit Union, with locations from Denver to Cheyenne, helping members tap into the power of community. More information at bluefcu.com. From KUNC and the NPR Network, this is In the NOCO, a daily slice of Northern Colorado news and happenings. It's Wednesday, February 21st. I'm Erin O'Toole. Healthcare is a fast-growing industry in Colorado, but finding people to work these jobs is a constant struggle amid the state's ongoing worker shortage. State leaders are hopeful that a new bipartisan bill will alleviate some of the pressure. It would fund healthcare training across the state, including a new medical school, the College of Osteopathic Medicine at the University of Northern Colorado. Angie Piccioni leads Colorado's Department of Higher Education. She says that's really significant. Nearly two-thirds of osteopathic doctors are primary care physicians, and there's a big need in this area. It's going to impact, it's going to have, I think, a domino impact on nursing, on CNAs, the certified nurse um, assistant, um, and on all different kinds of positions where we have great shortage areas. I spoke with Pachoni about this and other investments the state is making to help Coloradans further their education after high school. I'd like to start with what's working well here. According to a recent report from the Lumina Foundation, Colorado has the highest educational attainment levels of any state in the country. In 2022, it found just under 63% of residents aged 25 to 64 had some kind of post-secondary credential, like a certificate or a bachelor's or graduate degree. What's going on here? Yeah, it's a great question because as of now, we are the number one state in the country that has the the highest number of adults aged 25 to 64 who actually have a credential beyond high school. That's the key right there. Some of that I will attest that some of that is because we are a state that's an importer state. So a lot of people come to Colorado with a degree or credential in hand already. Um, and we see perhaps after COVID, we we may have an uptick of imports. Mm. And so um, so we're, we're pleased with that because it increases the level of education of our of our state, which that's the whole idea of this uh, this report, this number. Oh, absolutely. And it ensures we have a highly educated workforce, too. Now, Colorado's population has been growing steadily. And as you mentioned, a lot of people are moving here with higher ed degrees. How does post-secondary attainment compare for people born or raised here with those who have migrated into the state? Yeah, we don't have those specific numbers um, in terms of where people, if they come here or if they were raised here. However, there are some indicating numbers that give us some concern. For instance, our college going rate, the number of high school graduates who actually matriculate into anything post-secondary, so two-year, four-year, or a technical college. And that number is just below 50%. So that's not a good number. The national average is in the 60s, high 60s. And so we're, we're significantly below the national average of our own high school students matriculating into anything post-secondary. Right. Well, let's talk about equity issues around this then, um, because there is a gap between the graduation and completion rates for students of color compared to their white counterparts. One of the biggest discrepancies is among Hispanics and Latinos, who are the largest and fastest growing ethnic groups in Colorado. What can we do to close these equity gaps? 
Well, this is the question of the century, perhaps, and not just for Colorado, but every single state experiences an equity gap issue. We do. It's the focus for, of the department. We um, were able to hire a chief educational equity officer to help the institutions really focus on what are the equity action plans to help resolve this issue. This has been for decades. So even back 100 years ago, when I was a professor at CSU, this was an issue. And so we really haven't moved the dial on this. And so that's my passion for the next three years of, of the Polis administration is to figure out how do we actually move the needle on this. One of the ways that the governor has addressed this is by having zero cost education and training programs for um, occupational areas that have the highest worker shortage areas. So we have zero cost for six different healthcare professions. And then last year we did another six that included things like early childhood education and law enforcement and firefighting and, and even um, I think forest management or <laughs> something like that. I'm from New York, so something around <laughs> what to do out in the, uh, out in the outdoors. Yeah. Out in the outdoors, yeah. So those are these are all good, and some of those are entry level. So we want to make sure that we also have stackable credentials. So we'll pay for you to get the entry level position. We'll do the education training free. And then we want you to also stack so that you have more than a job, that you have a line of sight to a career. Now, when we say post-secondary education, I think people usually think of a degree or certificate from a two-year or a four-year college or university. But these options are not necessarily available to everyone or they're not appealing to everyone. What other avenues are out there for people who don't want to or cannot invest years in pursuing a higher ed degree, but who want additional training to land a good paying job. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, when we think about post-secondary, I was just talking to some of my staff about this. It's a term that people don't always understand, but we, we know about elementary school and secondary school is high school. So this is post-secondary is everything past high school. So this includes our technical colleges where students can do a short-term certificate program where they get the skills and competencies for a job that's, um, that's a well-paying job. And so we really like to promote our area technical college Colleges like Emily Griffith and like Pitkins Tech in Aurora and then Technical College of the Rockies. Those are the three technical colleges. But many of the programs in high schools and in our community colleges have CTE, which is career and technical education. And so those are also short term kinds of certificate or credential programs. And so if a student doesn't want to get an associate's, which may qualify you for some um, occupations, or a bachelor's, which qualifies you for even more occupations, they can certainly do a certificate program. Or they can even join our labor unions and get the apprenticeships so that they can become a journeyman or get, get that kind of on-the-job experience. So there's many pathways to a career, and that's what we're really focused on, is not just get a job for now, but let's get a career for life. Right. Well, Angie, I know you've been in this role with the Department of Higher Education for a few years now, five years, I think, and you've been here through some changes. I just want to wrap up by asking you what you're excited about as you kind of look ahead to the next few years. Wow, that's a great question. Um, I, I think there are, there are a number of things that, that excite me. One is um, I believe that we will in these next three years at least be put on a path to really moving the needle on closing the equity gap. 
It's been an issue for us for a long time. We got a bit of a start with our first um, chief equity officer, but he went on to something bigger and better national perspective. But we have a new uh, equity officer now, and uh, she comes from the community college system. And um, I think she's going to really add great value to helping us move that needle. So that's a big one. You know, we're really focused on making sure that Colorado is the top um, economic state in the country. So that means we have to close these worker shortage gaps. And so we're really excited about how do we train and develop people for the current workforce uh, shortage, but also for the workforce of the future. And so making sure that we're ahead of the technology as well. And then for me personally, I, I serve at the pleasure of the governor, and I know the governor has some really great goals for the state, including uh, renewable energy, 100% by 2040. Nearly 70% of all state-owned buildings are on our college campuses. So I want to do a greening of the campus kind of a thing and see how can we make sure that we are optimizing the potential that we have on our college campuses to contribute to that renewable energy goal. Angie Pachoni is the executive director of the Colorado Department of Higher Education. Thank you so much for talking with me today. My pleasure. Always call me whenever you need to. And that's it for us today here on In the NoCo. We'll be back tomorrow with more of what's happening in Northern Colorado. Stephanie Daniel produced this episode. Robin Vincent is our executive producer. I'm your host, Erin O'Toole. We'll see you next time.